Hi everyone and welcome to the Link Podcast with me, Elle. Remember all you English learners, you can study this episode and all past episodes as a lesson on Link. I will always pop the lesson link in the description. If you've never used Link before, it's a great way to study a language. You can use content you're interested in, just like this episode. You work through the transcript, saving words and phrases, translating and saving to your database. And you can also work through vocabulary activities there also. This week's guest is someone a little different. He is a YouTuber, but he is also a musician. This week, I am joined by Nick from the channel, Nikki Channeru. Nick, how are you? Good, how are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. I am good, I am doing well, thank you. Um, you are joining us from Japan, correct? Yes, I am joining from Tokyo, Japan today. Tokyo, I miss Tokyo. Mm -hmm. uh, so we, <laughs> Not I the didn't best live at the there moment. The, I was I was going to ask. So is it rainy season? Well, for many a few reasons, I'm sure. Yes. Is it rainy season right now in Japan too? Rainy season is on its way. It's currently oh. just starting to get humid, which is as someone from the northwest of the mainland United States, that is not my favorite kind of weather. <laughs> no, yeah, I remember that humidity. Well, you step outside your door and you're just like drenched in sweat. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I don't miss that, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Otherwise, it's so, been going well. <laughs> oh, good, good, okay, <laughs> that's good. Um, so, Nick, you are, as I mentioned, you're a musician. Also, anyone who were to check out your channel and from the name could guess and do living in Japan, uh, you speak yes. amazing Japanese. I am blown <laughs> away you. by your Japanese, honestly. Um, Thank you. And so the first thing I want to ask you is how did you get the Japanese bug, so to speak? Uh, what sparked mm -hmm. your passion for all things Japanese? And how did you go about learning Japanese? Um, well, originally, I, I get asked this question a lot, but I, and I always feel bad because I don't have a very um, exciting origin story. I actually didn't have any specific interest in learning Japanese per se until I was faced with having to choose a second language elective when I entered high school. And <laughs> at my high school, they had French, German, Spanish, and Japanese as options for us. And as nice. someone who, at the time, was not particularly interested in language, um, I figured out of those four, why not Japanese? Because it's the most different from English. It's a different writing system. It's a completely... It's, well, it, it's the only one that's not a European language of what was offered. So I just thought that it would be an interesting challenge. And at the time, in, in middle school, as I'm choosing my electives for the coming year in high school, um, I was not a very good student. <laughs> and um, I asked my homeroom teacher, I was like, I think I want to learn Japanese. That doesn't that sound fun. And my homeroom teacher's like, you're going to be a, a straight C student at best. And you're going to choose the most difficult language. So I was like, well, now I'm definitely going to choose the most difficult language since you've insulted my you. intelligence. And yeah. uh, that was the, uh, the origin story more or less. Um, 
and my my passion for Japanese really kind of developed after I had been studying for a few months. Okay, that's interesting you say that. I just uh, I just interviewed last week a guy called Robin McPherson, and he、mm -hmm. is a polyglot YouTuber, and he basically、mm -hmm. has the same story but with French. He、mm -hmm. uh, started studying、uh, sorry Spanish Spanish. <laughs> And the、yeah. teacher was like, "Nope, you're never going to be able to learn this language." And yeah, it's amazing the power of, you know, rejection or <laughs> kind of negative reinforcement. <laughs> or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It works. Who knows? <laughs> it works. So my, whenever I go back home, I, I meet that teacher, and she's always like, "You're welcome for changing your life." <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> so good. we're on very、I'm、good terms. I'm glad you got to. That's great that you are.、I'm、glad you got to tell、yeah. her. Robin told、uh, he emailed that teacher and she never responded. <laughs> so, oh no! I definitely got. I know. I got.、Um, I got my my told you so in a good way, I guess, kind of moment. So that was yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's positive.、Um, so, how long have you been living in Japan now? I moved to Japan in 2010, so I was 17 at the time,、um, and it is now 2021. So it's about to be 11 years coming up this summer.、Um, wow! I started studying Japanese when I was 14. I'm currently 28, so it's been exactly、mm -hmm. half my life since I studied Japanese.、Um, over a third of my life since I've lived here, and since I was here since I was 17. It was all of my adult life, <laughs> so、um, right. I'm pretty, pretty in it, <laughs> pretty committed、yeah. to, to this yeah. life. Yeah, for sure. Wow, seventeen is so young to move to a completely different country. That must have been exciting and kind of terrifying. No. <laughs>、um, interestingly,、uh, where I grew up. Sorry, my Roomba is keeps making a sound, and I'm not sure if I'm too close <laughs> to it. But, <laughs> no problem. <laughs>、um, <laughs> um, interestingly, I,、uh, I, what what was I talking about? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> my Roomba、so、really. I would make the excuse for you that it's early. But it's not that early for you. It's not that early. No, no, no. It's like almost eleven thirty at this point, and I've already been awake for quite a while now.、Um, so when I when I when I first moved to Japan, there was of course a lot of culture shock in in I guess the traditional sense as well. But because I grew up, I grew up in I guess you could say the suburbs to the more like country area of.、Um, The Pacific Northwest of the United States. So, I came from a state called Oregon,、um, and kind of near a city called Portland. But I didn't grow up in the city. I grew up more、um, at the very ends of the suburbs, or more towards the country area. So,、um, I, I always look back on coming to Japan at seventeen and feeling like it was a really, really good. It was good timing in the sense that my life was going to change, anyways. From going from a high school student to even if I had decided to go to a university somewhere in a city or whatever, my life was going to be changing either way. So I kind of escaped having to be like really, really accosted by the cultural differences because I was already so surprised by just the difference of living somewhere where you had to like get in the car and drive like <laughs> for. Many many miles to find a convenience store. To there's literally a convenience store 
across the street from my house right now. And mm. now that I've lived in Tokyo for so long, even getting up out of my bed and walking to that convenience store is like the least, the most inconvenient <laughs> thing in the world to me now. I would have walked like miles <laughs> for a 7-Eleven when I lived in Oregon, but now I'm definitely, uh, have become a, a city man. <laughs> nice. And so were you, you were always in Tokyo from, from age 17 until now you've been in Tokyo? Yeah, I've always lived somewhere okay. in the inner city of Tokyo for the last 11 mm. years. Okay, Paul. Well. And how are how are earthquakes these days in uh, part of Japan or just Japan in general? Um, I don't miss those, I tell you what. Yeah, <laughs> they are still, I mean, I've gotten so used to them. Earthquakes are a common occurrence. Obviously, I was here for the mm. big one in 2011, and there's obviously been nothing mm. like that since that time but every once in a while you'll get mm -hmm. jostled awake by like a decent like five pointer mm -hmm. i forget how to count magnitude because they use a different system here but um right shindo i don't even have like earthquake level uh mm -hmm. I, I guess like a three sometimes in tokyo which is enough to wake you up out of sleep or at least give you a really shaky dream um yeah. <laughs> so those are still present, but fortunately nothing in the last 10 years that comes close to uh, that, the 2011 oh, one. Okay. Good, good, good. Um, so talk to us about your career in the music industry in Japan. Um, how, how was it getting into the industry? Do you find it also, I wonder... It's different, of course. You're non-Japanese. Mm -hmm. um, mm. I wonder if it's maybe in some ways that makes it more difficult, or in some ways is it? Do you can you kind of use that because you are a yeah. little different? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I my I originally came to Japan completely with the intention of being a singer in Japan. So that was always my goal since high school, and um, I came to Japan just passport in hand. I didn't have a visa at the time. And I just went with no scheduled appointment to a bunch of record labels and agencies and said, I want to sing. I, I just put myself out there. And um, eventually I was blessed with the opportunity to uh, compete on a new television show that was on Nihon Terebi, which is the Japan TV broad one of one of the main um, I, what do you, what do we call them in English? Basic cable networks. One of the ones that you can, right. everybody can, everybody can watch. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. on one of the basic, um, TV networks, uh, and it was, a not, it was on everywhere in Japan. And I was very lucky to have, I won that show. Um, and that eventually, uh, led to the opportunity to, release music on a major record label which was ended up being so i was on the show for the first time in 2011 um which was the year after i had came to japan originally um and that year the towards the fall of that year was the year that i won and then the following year i did a lot of different things before i ended up releasing music i did um movies and i did uh like stage plays um, I, of course, did a lot of live performances. Um, I, I did, like, like runway shows. <laughs> I was all over the place. And then in 2013... Oh, fun! I, yeah, in 2013, <laughs> so the, the year after that, I took a year to kind of um, test out 
all the things that I was interested in in entertainment. And then in 2013, with Warner Music Japan, I released my first, um, I guess it was kind of like an EP uh, through with them. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've been releasing music ever since. I've put out, I don't even know how many albums, I think five or six. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as the music industry being what it's like specifically as someone who's not Japanese. Um, just to be completely transparent, I think that it's 100%, in my case at least, definitely a... I, I was able to use that as a plus in almost every way that you can. Um, mm -hmm. One of the main reasons being that because I spoke Japanese, um, I, I guess, well, uh, I always wrote my own song since my debut... EP, so um, I at least spoke Japanese. Oh, in Japanese? I, yes, yes. So oh, amazing. I, wow. I at least wrote and spoke Japanese enough that Japanese people could appreciate that without it having to mm -hmm. be about, you know, since it's music, if you just hear it on the radio, you can't tell. Well, I mean, you can tell. Because I do, especially the way that I sing is just, I, I kept, I stuck with my roots a little bit, so I don't sing exactly like in the way that people expect a Japanese person to. But, um, you know, the, the lyrics and the content were at least to a level that a major record label was willing to release them in Japanese to Japanese people. So mm -hmm. because my Japanese was at that level, I was able to kind of use the... Japanese people don't expect a person who's not Japanese to be able to speak Japanese at that level. So I was able to use the kind of... Mm -hmm. um, I just can't think of any of these words in English... I spend so much time speaking Japanese. Uh, you guys say, I guess it's kind of like, um, like the, the surprise quality because people don't expect it. Mm, it's kind right. of, um, it, it's comes off as interesting, I guess. Um, so I was able to use that yeah, yeah. definitely as, um, a, a plus for me, uh, mm -hmm. as far as maybe things that were more difficult for me as someone who's not Japanese, would it would definitely just be the, um, the assumption that I, I don't know. I mean, basically when you're in Japan speaking Japanese and working with Japanese people, um, because Japanese people are so used to people who aren't Japanese, not knowing about the culture, not knowing the language, you always kind of have to work with the assumption that people that you don't know well are going to assume that you don't know what they're saying or know, or even if you do know what they're saying, you're not going to understand what they really mean kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, kind of being able to have your opinion listened to is something that you would, one would probably struggle with as a non-Japanese person working in Japan. But generally I would say that I wouldn't be in the position I was if I was not, uh, non-Japanese. So I, I do like to make sure that I'm recognizing that I, I have been afforded a lot of privilege in that sense. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned there that people don't expect, Japanese people don't expect, as you said, non-Japanese mm -hmm. people to speak Japanese as well. Have you had any, are there any standout moments um, where, you know, people are speaking in Japanese and not expecting you to understand that have been kind of comical or satisfying <laughs> to you in some way to turn around and be like, 
Hey. <laughs> I know what well, you're <laughs> luckily, there it's usually compliments. So <laughs> I don't think I've ever had anybody. Oh, good. That's good. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever had, and most Japanese people wouldn't, uh, even if they don't <laughs> think you can understand them. I don't think they would. No, I mean I don't know. I, I guess it would depend on what the situation was, but I don't think they would generally like diss you right to your face, even if they don't think you can understand them. Um, but usually it would be something like um, kind comments on my appearance or I guess my my um, like singing or whatever it might be that they would normally you wouldn't compliment someone in Japan that aggressively to their face if you <laughs> if they if it was two mm. Japanese people. Right. But because they thought I wouldn't understand, they just were very blatantly kind, which I go ahead and count as a win in my book. So, <laughs> nothing that really For sure. oh, yeah. made me uncomfortable, I don't think. Um, but uh, definitely sometimes people thinking that I wasn't going to pick up what they were putting down. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and how about uh, stand-up moments, stand-out, sorry, moments in your music career so far? Are there any that are especially memorable, wonderful Oh my goodness, I've been really blessed to have, I mean, a, a really great experience overall. I mean, there's been plenty of, sorry, I'm, <laughs> I don't speak English very often, so just to be completely um, transparent, I have a really terrible potty mouth because <laughs> I, <laughs> I only speak English when I'm talking to like friends from home or my family who I, well, right. I, Probably wouldn't go willy-nilly on my mom swearing, but my dad, for sure. <laughs> you can so, swear. You can swear. It's okay. I, it's just I don't, people yeah. learning English, so swear words are English. It's all Perfect. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've there, there have been, you know, really shitty moments um, and situations that I would have, of course, loved to have not had to endure. But that's really... I, I don't mm -hmm. think any of that has been specific to Japan. So... I'd say that overall my experience um, working in music and entertainment in Japan has been great, especially because I've been able to kind of exercise a um, good amount of control over my career, which isn't necessarily a luxury that's afforded to um, all, especially people who aren't Japanese and especially people who are um, what in Japan they'd call idols. Um, mm with their, you know, like, you gotta be skinny and can't date anybody or whatever it may be. So strange. <laughs> yeah, so, very, very so unique strange. culture there. And definitely as, like, <laughs> a Western person, you know, I think that Western people, Western people being, you know, um, cultures that are, that are or stem from, like, Anglo-Saxon cultures, um, like English speaking cultures, I think we tend to have a very strong sense of right and wrong and in a black and white kind of way. And for me, a lot of those rules and those expectations at, at first really felt like I was like, well, I'm not going to do that because that's wrong. Like, why would I pretend that that's okay? But, you know, living in Japan for a long time, you realize that it's not like, you know, there's a lot of gray areas and things like that. And, um, even Japanese people themselves, sometimes with rules like that, it's not so much 
that they actually care if you're, um, if you're abiding by those rules or not so much as you're supposed to do a really good job of pretending that you're abiding by the rules. <laughs> it's like mm, kind of the, 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 yeah, the truth of that culture is that, you know, you have like idols who aren't allowed to date, but the, that what they're really not allowed to do is have the public find out that they're dating. <laughs> so seen it's, dating. Okay. yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, okay. um, I mean, standout moments in my career have been, of course, in order would be, you know, winning the show was huge for me. Um, starring in a movie was very huge for me. Uh, I just recently, wow. uh, two, I think it was two years ago now because of, um, coronavirus. <laughs> it's been a, a little longer than I would have hoped, but, um, uh, the year before last, I released my first album where I have all the writing credits and all of the production credits. Um, so I did wow, congratulations. everything from the, the artwork to the booklet, to the lyrics, to the music. Um, that was a really great one for me. Um, and of course, m very recently, um, for whatever reason, I I start I started my YouTube channel last year at the beginning of last year. Um, obviously, at the very beginning of last year, so not with the intent of like, well, if we're all going to be at home, then I might as well YouTube. It was just <laughs> happened to be that timing. But I started a YouTube channel because I had produced my own album the year before, and I was really enjoying getting to kind of like, I guess like flex my creative muscles and. Mm -hmm. And as you may have already noticed, I like talking. So YouTube seemed like a good, <laughs> a good outlet for that. Perfect fit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and wow, for and whatever reason. Doing well. Yeah. For whatever reason, there's, I put out, I put out a video that I'm in like a wrinkly shirt with like the worst <laughs> roots, the worst roots in the world in my fake blonde hair <laughs> and I was just like I was just having fun and for whatever reason that video now has like a hundred and forty or I mean a million one million four thousand views or something Ooh. and wow. I don't know I clearly wasn't expecting it to do that well because I look disheveled as all <laughs> but um but people have been very kind uh to you know now find out about those who didn't know about me on TV or through music, especially probably younger people because um, I'm, I'm going to include myself, but we're not big TV generation. So um, mm -hmm. uh, a, a, a new audience was has been watching my content. So I'm very grateful for that. Those have been some some really happy moments for me in my career. Excellent. Well, I know you mentioned earlier, you said, I'm not sure how many even albums that I've done. I read on your website, six mini albums and five full albums. Wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You've been busy. Oh goodness. And that's over, that's over the span of the 11, 11 years, 10 years? Actually, because my I debuted in 2013. So that's like basically almost an album a year, but I didn't release an, I was going to release an album last <laughs> year, but you know, there was, I don't, I, I, I don't, I didn't want to, I mean, I don't really, I guess it, it's all in the past now, but, um, I, I made the whole album. Um, and then I ended up deciding that it just wasn't the time to release it. And it wasn't really the message that I wanted to be, 
not that it was about anything that is like rude like in regards to the situation with the the pandemic but um i just it just wasn't my heart wasn't in it anymore after you know experiencing especially the first half of last year with all the really heavy lockdowns in japan and whatnot and um unfortunately my heart just is didn't return to it so i the whole new album I, it might have been six, but it is <laughs> going to remain five until I finish the new album that I'm working on. Yeah. Okay. And is that, and you're working on the, the new album now? Because I know you're also in a play, which I wanted to ask you about. Is yes. That, uh, the, yeah. What, uh, um, what's the play? The play is uh, called Lazy Midnight. It's about basically... Um, Japanese people are real sticklers for not uh, saying the actual name of the inspiration. So I'm just going to say there's a, oh. there's a, there's a, uh, <laughs> a national television station that's run by the government in Japan. I'll let everybody just <laughs> remember <laughs> okay. what it's called by themselves. And uh, we kind <laughs> of like play on that and call our TV station in the play NKH. So <laughs> it's a story about like a group of people working on making a new uh, television program for this completely fictional NKH station. <laughs> and, um, NKH, I love it. <laughs> and uh, it's basically about like the directors and the producers and the assistant directors and, and the people kind of working to make that show a reality and kind of just the ups and downs of that. And then a bunch of different like surprise uh, there's like fantasy elements to it as well. Um, it's the first stage play that I've done in almost exactly 10 years. Cause I did my first stage play when I was 19. Um, and oh my God, was that a, not a bad experience, but it was a very <laughs> difficult experience because that play and this current play, I'm, um, the only foreign foreign person the only non-japanese person non-native japanese person in the cast mm -hmm. um so i have to be extra careful to make sure that i'm not when i'm, I'm not my japanese is not giving away my my foreignness <laughs> because wow, i'm just my tough. character's name is iwabuchi kotaro so it's just a japanese name <laughs> so mm -hmm. um i guess that's the fantasy element <laughs> <laughs> But Excellent. yes. So, you, so working on a play, working on um, a new album, and how about your channel? What can everyone who's going to rush and subscribe to your channel after listening? What can they expect uh, moving forward from your channel? Um, interestingly, I, I originally wanted my YouTube channel to be a travel channel because I my one of my biggest passion after music and language is travel. Which, I mean, actually, my biggest, my big passion is that I just love culture in, in all forms, specifically art, um, and the way that that influences kind of culture as a whole. So a big part of that is traveling to see all these different places and the way that each place has kind of left its mark on society at large. And so I travel a lot within Japan because as a musician, I tour. Um... And so my original plan with YouTube was that I was going to take YouTube along with me on these tours. And I usually am 
I was going to say forced to, like I'm at gunpoint. My <laughs> management forces <laughs> me to go back to Tokyo. But my, I, I, I end up being scheduled to do like, um, because of the way that Japan is shaped and the proximity of everything, I end up going to a city, doing a show, that night going to the next city, sleeping in a hotel, doing a show the next day, going to the next city. So I don't really get to like sit and not sit, but you know, stay and enjoy each particular place. Appreciate where you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and with, with YouTube, I figured it would be a good opportunity for me to do the show, take a day in between to kind of experience the place, film and do stuff like that. Um, and then of course our now dear friend coronavirus has not made that possible. So, um, <laughs> I, my YouTube channel kind of ended up being a, I guess, commentary sort of channel. Um, and I mostly kind of sit and talk about, which is fine with me because those, that's interesting to me as well. But I talk about kind of the ways living in Japan has changed me as an American person or a Western person or mm -hmm. a man or whatever. Um, and then I, kind of compare and contrast American and Japanese culture or Western and Japanese culture. And, um, but you know, I'm ready to get out on the road, <laughs> hopefully soon. Um, yes. so I'm that real. is definitely, definitely <laughs> yeah. something that I think everybody can look forward to on my YouTube channel is a lot more, um, hopefully taking people around Japan because I, I love to also, I guess this, ties in with culture as well. I love to eat and drink. <laughs> I mean, I'm alive, so I guess everybody who's alive <laughs> likes to eat and drink. But I mean, I like to try things that I haven't tried before. I'm a very big, um, I'll eat anything. Uh, so, and that is, that means something completely different when you're in Japan than it does when I you're in the States. I was going to say, <laughs> you're in the perfect country. I ate some really weird things when I was in Japan. I yeah. still can't quite believe yet. <laughs> For sure. It's pretty out there. <laughs> some of the stuff. Definitely. For sure. You, you just gotta, I mean, what, in Japan, once you, there's a few specific ones that if you check off, yeah, it like doesn't get much worse than that. So, I mean, um. I definitely like to uh, experience food and, you know, Japan has a lot of its own different um, alcoholic beverages as well that I would never, mm. that you would never run into in the States. And those are, you know, each made individually in each place based off like what mm. kind of, um, what kind of, uh, what sort I'm looking for, uh, like harvest, what kind of crops, crops. What kind of um, yeah, what's grown crops locally. they have. Yeah. Yes, yes. What's grown locally. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um, I, I want to take more or hopefully have more opportunities to kind of introduce those uh, differences in between even just Japanese major cities and obviously not just major cities. But I have one video where I went to Niigata in uh, mm. on the the uh, the. Well, in Japan, it's called the Japan Sea, the Japan Sea side of mm. um, Japan. Uh, and so I have only one, which was the during the time when they did the uh, go-to campaign here in Japan, where it was like, everybody travel. And then yeah. it, 
it backfired. So we're back where we started. But uh, <laughs> it, uh, I did get I did sneak one video in there. So a little taste of what I hope that I can uh, bring more of in the coming year or or as you know, the situation gets better. Excellent. Well, it sounds so fun. What's the weirdest thing you've eaten so far in Japan just out of interest? Can you choose one? <laughs> even? Well, I mean, I think definitely the most shocking one and I don't want to like offend anybody's I don't want to have everybody clutching their pearls, but um, the most, the, the one that's just like the most shocking to say out loud in English is definitely the, it's called, in Japanese it's called shirako, which means, it means white child. So it's cod, um, I don't know what this, it's, it's, is well, it's it cod, no, it's cod sperm. No. Oh, okay. I think, I yeah. think I've had that yeah and that is a very mm. not i mean <laughs> japanese people eat that that's not rare to find on a menu so that's not even one of like the you have to go to like some some like dark cove in southern japan <laughs> to find it like it's definitely it you'll find it on like menus especially in the winter um things like that mm. probably uh little tiny full squids or stuff like that i guess yeah. are probably oh. those are and not only do i have I tried those, but I like, like all of those. So nice. <laughs> that's where it gets <laughs> dark. <I> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I liked it. <laughs> um, have you tried uh, cow tongue? Gitan, yes. I yes. I, that, yeah, see, that didn't even, favorite. it's my favorite. That's very good. Yes. And you know, that's, it didn't even cross my mind to say that because it's so, that's like, definitely, you can find that anywhere that they sell meat in Japan. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, usually they're not feeding it to you as is, so they're, it, it's, it just looks yeah. like a piece of meat by the time it arrives at your plate, but definitely when I had my dad come over, um, well, my dad and my brother come over, and as soon as, I was like, well, we'll get, we'll get this, like, this, uh, like, thigh meat, and this, like, rib meat, and then the, the tongue, and my dad's like, the what? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> like, you know, the tongue, like, like what? <sighs> that and uh, probably older Western people aren't as shocked by this, but um, my generation is shocked even by like liver. So like, uh, just mm -hmm. like a thick yeah. piece of liver. Um, apparently my grandma is like, we used to eat my grandma doesn't have an accent. I don't know why I just... <laughs> well, I mean, in she has the same day. accent as me. In my day, we used to eat liver. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, it's good for it, you, apparently. They, they used to eat liver, apparently, but my parents' mm. generation finds that to be just so offensive. Um, <laughs> but those... The tongue and the liver are, are, are staples, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm it's high in iron, I know, uh, liver. I think yeah. it's disgusting. I just, I can't eat it. Yeah. I just don't like the taste. But um, It has a, a unique texture as well. So I understand mm -hmm. why people would not be, you know, huge fans of the liver. Um, yeah. Especially because Japanese people are all secretly eating it raw, if you weren't aware. <laughs> uh, I was not aware. Yeah, really? you're not supposed to eat it raw because mm. obviously they're... I mean, it's not a super um, common thing, but obviously it can be contaminated and it can make you sick. But um, Japanese mm -hmm. people, Japanese servers will come up to you and be like, with a plate of liver, and they'll be like, make sure you cook it. 
Uh. And everybody's like, oh, okay, we're gonna cook it. And then just like, without even touching the, oh, without even wow. touching the grill, just kind of like pass it over and then straight raw into, it's called nebasashi. And that's definitely oh, quite the delicacy. So yeah, I, I, for, I mean, <laughs> those ones are, have become so second nature to me. I, I forgot that they were even gross. <laughs> so you, I mean, not you know, it's gross to me because it's gross to me. Like I like to try different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't do liver, but um, so you you eat that then? Do you eat it? You've eaten it raw. Or you 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 will oh, yeah. eat it raw when you're out. In a Absolutely. Restaurant? Wow. I I wow. I prefer I prefer it raw. <laughs> wow. Because when it's you know you've been living in cooked, Japan for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> when it's cooked is when it gets that really kind of like sandy texture. Um, and mm -hmm. when it's raw, mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's no way that I'm going to explain it that it's going to be like, oh, that sounds better. I mean, it, it's awful if you don't <laughs> like that stuff. But but you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I've I've never been a picky eater, and but I had no idea I was not I was this not picky of an eater until I came to Japan. <laughs> well, uh, we can certainly. I'll look forward to watching you eat your way through Japan. <laughs> on your channel that sounds like so much fun and um yeah i'll pop the link to your channel in the description of course it's such a fun channel great for anyone listening who is uh, studying japanese just interested in japanese culture also nick thank you so much for joining us today really appreciate it, it was a great chat thank you so much for having me